Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. A female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. On this episode of Headliners, I am joined by the band Welshy Arms. Their new album, Wasted Words and Bad Decisions, is out right now. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Hey, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having us. So uh, tell me about the new album. Man, it's uh, it's been a work in progress for like three years, and um with you know pandemic all these things slowing down touring it was a nice chance to just really work on songs and song crafting and um and we moved our studio during that time and there was a lot going on so we we just took our time with it um in fact there's a song that was added to the the digital version um very last minute it was just written like a month ago um and and squeezed its way onto the digital version but it's uh it's not on the vinyl unfortunately like almost a year ago um it's so hard to to get vinyl made and all that so you have to plan these things so it's not that we were taking three or so years just to record i think it was five (laughs) some of these songs were written like five years ago no no no. i just mean like the the overall break in gap between album to album i think was five years wow but yeah crazy like, like sam said like we were trying to um, write through the pandemic and everything and then release this record. So like some of the songs that are on the record themselves have kind of been in our repertoire for quite a while now. So, yeah, people you know might recognize them if they came to any shows over the last five years, possibly. So it's exciting to finally have it in the world. And and um, we're starting a, a tour out in Europe tomorrow in Hamburg, Germany. Um, and uh, we get to play, you know, some of these songs from the record. Some of them, like Mikey said, we've been playing for a while. Uh, it's a little bit back to our our roots of, um, which was kind of guitar bluesy. There's a lot more blues on this album than there was on the last record. Um, so that feels really good. It feels it feels authentic. It feels like stuff that we wanted to to say and 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 play, um, you know, in this sort of era, the post post pandemic era so if you could collaborate with any musician living or dead who would you pick 
Oof. Oh man, it's all a living or dead is also that's a great little wrinkle. Um, to, a musician that intrigues me so much, and I wonder all the time what kind of art he would have been making if he were still alive is Jimi Hendrix, and because I don't think his genius would have been limited to to his guitar abilities and um, and melodies. I, I, I think he would have moved on to something else. And, and so as an artist, I just, I'm so intrigued by him and, and so inspired by him that that's, if, if we're, if we're going living or dead, I, I kind of have to go to Jimi Hendrix. What about you, Mikey? Well, I always tend to go towards dead because you never know who you might run into or work with at some point. So um, <laughs> I got to say probably Ray Charles for me, um, he's a huge influence um, just through soul, R and B country, like, He's just spanned so many genres. So I think just to be able to work with him and play with him in some capacity or another would be amazing. Describe uh, wasted words and bad decisions using only one word. I think mine would be authentic. And I don't necessarily mean that our music is any more authentic than anyone else, but I felt like this record felt authentic to, to where we were at, or at least, you know, myself and, and, and my contributions to the record, it, it felt like I was just finally kind of doing not what I was asked to do by the label or by someone else, but really starting to create. And, and I, it's a move in that direction that I'd like to go even further and, and just worry less about A&R or even what people are telling me they like to hear, like really playing from, from the heart and from the soul at, at all times. And, and this was a good step in that direction for me. I think fun for me, because um, just to kind of say what Sam was saying, like, not to say that, like, we haven't had fun making the records we've made in the past, but there was one in the past that wasn't as fun to make. And um, this whole experience was kind of amazing because we were able to get together and and really just have a great time of making this record. And like he said, it was very authentic and kind of came together very organically. And I think as you listen to the record, you can hear how much fun we're having on the record. So that too. Now you have, you've toured with some pretty, pretty epic bands already, but who is somebody that if they popped into the Zoom right now and said, <laughs> I need you to go on tour with me. Who are you dropping everything for? Oh, wow. I'd say the guys from Walk the Moon because they were so fun to be with and hang out with. And they put on a hell of a show. So it was always so much fun to watch them every night. Um, and again, they were just really awesome people. And they're right down the road from us in Ohio. So, yeah. What about someone we haven't toured with? Oh. One of those? Um... Well, yeah, but there's like a million. There's so many. There's so many. <laughs> if, I mean, if Jack White wanted to take us out with him, that would be, I think, a, a master class. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm in awe of, of the way that he can, you know, recreate and just do so many things. Uh, man, I feel like I'm overusing this word, but authentically. Like, it always seems, even though he can reinvent and change so much, it still feels like he's authentic to himself. Um, and I would love to watch him every night. Mm -hmm. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
That's I mean, I don't know if I agree with you on that because I mean, there's there's good points to there's, yeah. there's points to be mo made on both sides. I mean, we all use it obviously, but like it's just it is one of those things where it would be great to have like a better. I wish that that music, you know, the the art side of the music and the and, and touring and all that stuff funded itself a little better. And what I mean is, there's there's so many ways and I, I i wish it was more accessible for fans you know i wish that tickets were were cheaper and more accessible i wish that records you know the same were, were just easier to to acquire um more affordably and take out all of the middle bullshit that you know people that are, are taking all the money because that money doesn't really get into the the hands of the band and really all the most bands most artists that i know are looking for is just enough to keep going, you know, just to fund the project. We, um, so that's one thing I would change. It's just the way that it seems like people have to pay too much for music, whether it's live or recorded, and it can still barely fund itself. Um, that's tough. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? Oh, good question. Slane Castle would be amazing in ireland um there's been a few rock bands that have done it over the year u2's done it i think kings of leon have done it it's a beautiful venue uh we've been fortunate enough to play some of the you know bucket list places we always wanted to play um but that's definitely one that's, for me. that's a good one there's like the, the hollywood bowl would just be really interesting to do um and then carnegie hall i had so many oh, cool God. records of live performances in Carnegie Hall uh, that I that really inspired me when I was younger, and I think to do a do a concert there and record it would be pretty fun. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? To second guess and and walk things back that that should have just stayed. I, I think a lot of times when you think too hard and, and dissect your own um, ideas and performances it, it like you you lose that that quick fire natural thing and i really love you know each musician that's in our band i love the the way that they create music and what they play and usually it's the first thing and when we start to overthink it it's uh it, it loses a little bit of that magic and sometimes you just go back you're like how about that that first take i think that was actually it <laughs> using colors and shapes Describe your music. Purple. Triangle. Blue. <laughs> Do you have a shape? Rhombus. <laughs> nice. And in more detail, something about purple feels like it encompasses like all the different emotions and and the humans that are in our band. There's there's six of us, which is a lot of personalities and mm -hmm. there's a lot of different you know, there's a, it's just there's a lot of different personalities, different styles, different um, things, and not just when it comes to music, but where we want to eat or <laughs> what music we want to listen to backstage, you know, all of it. So I don't know, something about purple. And then a triangle, I just feel like different different points, like we we kind of change and, and, and uh, like get to these different, things that feel so far away, but then also kind of just 
go back. I don't know, maybe that would be more of a circle. No, it feels like a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I like that question. I've never had that one before. So what's a what's a song off the new album that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? There's 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 a few. Yeah, Find my way home. I could definitely see it some kind of a sad soundtrack of some mm. sorts. Maybe a Cameron Crowe movie or something. Maybe like a nice montage yeah, song yeah. at like, the end or something. Yeah. Kind of a sum up. Yeah, and then have it all for like something action. You know what I mean. Hello there. I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. So this uh, next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. I have got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews and i will let uh each of you guys pick the one that you would like to answer your choices are who are your influences what got you started in music or what is your creative process like i'll take i'll, I'll go first i'll take with uh how we got started in music and it's kind of a little bit the same because me and Sam both grew up in church. And so um, we we played in church um, quite a bit. Um, for me, like drums, I learned in school in like fourth grade was given a snare drum to play because I couldn't play trumpet um, efficiently <laughs> enough. So that's how I got started in drums. Um, and then I met Sam years later in a youth group and we kind of just started playing together and kind of developing music together at a young age. And then that kind of cultivated the drummer I became just from playing with him, with playing with different people. And, um, and we've been playing together for a long time, almost 20 years now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We had other bands in yeah. high school together. And, um, and for me, my, my love of music started with my dad, uh, who is a drummer as well. And, um, well, as well as Mikey, not me, uh, and had a wonderful record collection. And so we would listen to music all the time around the house. And he just really inspired, uh, inspired my musical side. Um, and then the creative process. I liked that one because uh, it's, 
it's different on every song. I'm sure there are similarities, but we start songs different ways all the time. And I would say on this album, there's probably, you know, four or five variables in the way that a song started. Some of them come off of, uh, you know, a, a chorus idea that we just someone voice memoed. And then when we're putting music down, you know, brings it up and says, oh, I've got something that might go over that. You know, or it might we might just build with an acoustic guitar right right there or on a piano. Um, sometimes it starts with uh, Jimmy, who's who's the bass player in the band, is also uh, the producer and an engineer of our records. And sometimes he starts with a, a track that just sounds cool, like he has a keyboard part, or um, you know, it, it, we we start them in different ways. But one thing that's kind of nice is we have our own studio. And we get to take our time with with each one. So sometimes they start with with something small, like like one of those examples, and then uh, and then once everyone comes in and we kind of take our time on it, putting different parts down and maybe rearranging. Even though I said I, I, the one thing I would change is is not overthinking. Sometimes we overthink and we change things around, rearrange them, and every once in a while that works out okay, or or at least gets you to where you really wanted to be with an idea. Do you consider yourselves? artists or entertainers depends on the day yeah <laughs> uh i think <laughs> it really does i mean in the studio i like to, to really think of it as art like you're you're painting a canvas you know with, with sound and but then um, live you are putting on a show and a production and there's lights and there's so much that goes into it that it i mean there's definitely an entertainment value yeah. to that and and even in the studio when we're you know doing things sometimes there's choices that are like oh man we got to go like big on this or put, you know, this kind of drum sound. Cause that, how yeah. fun is that going to be when we are on stage entertaining, you know, yeah. and, and there is an element of that, but um, yeah, it starts out, I think art first and then, and then you figure out how to, how to be an entertainer with the art that you have. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? I think that they're like, it, it seems like you hear a lot of uh, talk about, musicians maybe being lazy or aimless and and i don't know that many that are aimless or lazy i think sometimes there's a a passiveness because you don't want to force your agendas or your art um but i i would say that's a, the first one that comes to mind is just that the musicians might be lazy tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of I think, and maybe it's just because of being back in Germany right now, but the first trip we took over here, I think it was in 2017. Yeah. Um, our song Legendary was getting played a lot on the radio. And the first time that we, you know, came overseas together as a band and heard it just being played randomly on the radio, um, that was a that was probably it for me. And then there's, there's, you know, obviously some, some moments of where you're, you're actually playing the music live, but that was just kind of a, a surreal moment for me. Yeah. Same. If you could start your career over from the minute that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything different? <sighs> I probably would have practiced more as I got older. <laughs> I was a really diligent, um, rehearsal kind of kid when I was younger like I 
every day after school, I like went home and played for like two hours. And and that was like my routine until I graduated. And then, you know, you get into your twenties and you want to hang out and have friends and, you know, not be in the garage for two to three hours a day. So if I could go back, I would maybe like, I would hone some more of the things that I could have done, done in my twenties. And I would say for, for me, uh, just getting to that authentic self a little quicker and worrying less about, um, you know, taking constructive criticism, but not as like the definitive thing and really trusting my, my instincts more, because I think the most interesting music that we've made and probably the stuff that's been, you know, has served us the best, um, has been the stuff that we just really pushed to put on records or, um, you know, really felt like we were staying true to ourselves. So I think that's probably my, my only thing that I would change other, other than that, you know, I just, I'm, I, I like how we, how we do it. And I, I like the, the journey that we've had together. So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on the new album. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can grab it on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, all Amazon. the uh, all the usual suspects. Um, but uh, also you can go to our website, welshlyarms.com. And there's a, I think there's a link there, a, a merchandise store where you can um, go and grab the vinyl if, if that's what you're into. Um, and it'll get shipped to your house. Um, so that's another option for you. And where can they find you on social media? Usually it's at Welshly Arms, so W-E-L-S-H-L-Y-A-R-M-S. So Instagram, uh, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, there is a Twitter, but I, I don't know how. It's pretty inactive. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is probably the most active. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to uh, talk to me about the new album, talk to me about your music. I have I have enjoyed this immensely. Oh, thanks so much, Greg. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved.